Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I did used to say to teachers that I don't need to do the homework because I'm going to be famous. God, your teachers must have hated you. Yeah, they probably hate me more now. Hi, I'm Gareth. And I'm Ollie. And we are... The Newly Dads. The Newly Dads. Great, that right, sounds good. Let's try good. that again. We are the Newly Cancelled. Newly Dads. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Hi, I'm Gareth. And I'm Ollie. And we are... The, the Newly Dads. Dads. And the twins this week are... 22, 22 weeks old. Welcome back to Newly Dads. We have officially turned Christmas on. Well, just in case you wanted the studio to be a bit fucking gayer, this is it. I mean, I'm not mad on tinsel, but actually this is okay. This is fine. As long as it's not in my house. You're a bit Mother Christmas yourself. <laughs> I'm not Mother Christmas. I love Christmas. I've gone mad for Christmas this year. Yeah, I'm very aware. Amazon packages keep on arriving and it's all decorations. Amazon have the best Christmas knickknacks. I sit there at night, scroll through my phone, watching whatever on Netflix, and then just buying Christmas knickknacks. It's so pretty Stop much knickknacks. Every, sorry, Christmas decorations. Paraphernalia. When I say decorations, something's actually going on the tree. These are things going on the mantelpiece, on the floor, light installations. You've ordered something today and got something for the tree, which is weird. I have bought a train track that goes around the tree, but it's actually whoa, 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 whoa. up on the tree. It's on the tree. I've never seen it before. I, I don't am, think anyone's ever done this before. I am terribly practical. We've got kids coming over for Christmas. We've got six children in our house over Christmas. We're doing Christmas stars. And my thought is presents around the tree. If I've got a train track on the ground, it might break. So I actually, found this one. will just piss all over it. Let's face Aslan it. Aslan will piss on it and won't work. Because the train yeah. actually goes around. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. It goes around and makes lots of noise and stuff. No one's yet gone. Monorail. It is basically a monorail. It's a monorail. Now, we actually had quite a Christmassy weekend this weekend, didn't quite we? Quite a Christmassy weekend. We I had a reindeer slobber on my shoulder. If that isn't Christmassy, I don't know what is. We had a photo with two reindeer. Two reindeers put their heads on our shoulders, and then we got I got like full reindeer breath. Also, mind blown, did anyone else out there know that reindeers lose their entire antlers every year? They lose the horn every year. What? The whole lot. So they're like bald. They're not bald. They've still got ears. Still got How hair. quickly does it grow, though? Do you know what? I actually know this because they grow back in the spring. We went down to my friend Jade's daughter's third birthday party. It was Sophia. 
It was mad. They had like reindeer. They bear in mind it was her daughter and like six friends. They had like this table, massive long table. On the table, they created it like it was the end of the garden with fairies. It was like a fairyscape. I thought it was so sweet. All like these toadstools and stuff like that. It was really sweet. Do you know what was fun? So basically, Sophia was three. Jamie, was... my godson, is nearly one now. Ours are only 22 weeks this week. So it was fun to have them there. They liked all the movement, bright lights and sound. They had like their party bags. They gave everyone else cake in. But obviously ours are on milk, so they didn't have the cake. I would have enjoyed some of that cake yeah, in Why mine. did we not get the cake? I, I, know, want... I understand it. And they're very young and they can't eat cake yet, but... I can eat cake. I can eat cake. Yeah. yeah, I know. I also the cake was delicious. It was actually really good fun because we don't really socialise that much with people with children of a similar age. Because we had our babies at 31 weeks, we didn't go to any of the bump classes. We were meant to go to Marina Fogel's bump class stuff and meet like-minded people that have babies at the same age. Well, we didn't because I'm, we didn't have time. Do we want friends with children? Yes, I think so. Because actually it just makes life easy. Everyone's like sort of on the same page and understands it. If I ever meet someone that is cool and they've got twins sort of the same age, what do I do? I gravitate desperately onto them because they know what we're going through. I think this is it. So before you have kids, all your friends that have kids, right, they get this air of superiority when you don't have children. They're like, right, we've got kids. And it's quite snooty and derogatory. And then you have kids and suddenly on the same level as, as those friends again, and they, they treat you like an equal again. I'm, I'm with you because that you don't know what they're going. We, no one knows what these people are going through. And it'd be like, people used to say, oh, you wait, life's going to change. But I just don't... Shocking fucking yes, it will, because you're, you're having a child. But some people don't want kids. So I think that's the wrong attitude to have. I don't lord it over people. I've got children and think, oh, look at me. I'm so highfalutin and so responsible. I've got kids. So massively irresponsible. I'm so irresponsible. So irresponsible. Maybe I'm just a bit of a panderer to the crowd. And now that they're treating me as an equal again, I do want friends with kids. Anyway, on the subject of the twins, this week, because we're going away to Barbados, we have had their passport photos done, haven't we? If anyone's tried to do a passport photo with a baby, you'll understand. It's not easy. It's quite funny because when we have to have passport photos done, obviously you can't wear a hat, your eyes have to be open, it needs to be against this background, you can't pull a face, you can't smile, you can't do anything. With babies, they're like, yeah, eyes can be closed, do it at home, on your iPhone, all of that, because obviously it's so difficult to take a photo. They look like potatoes in their photos. No one has a particularly like beautiful, apart from me, uh, have sorry. an amazing uh, passport photo. Sorry, I'm just going to call you out on this right now. Your passport photo, you look like a wax figure. Yes, yeah, incredible. Ollie looks almost androgynous very beautiful. You do look like someone's polished your face with wax. I had literally, like, I had had someone do makeup. I'd... <laughs> the lighting, honestly. we are, are... It's a long time ago. I haven't had this for like 10 years. I've got to have it redone. Uh, you did have it redone. Yeah, and I know, he, but I'm going to have to get it done again because I just don't think He literally good. didn't care this time. Obviously, he's put a ring on it and he's married, so he now doesn't have to impress anyone. I was literally like looking at that photo, but like, where is this person? I look like Ken. I look like Prince Eric. I'm you delighted. Do. Well, obviously, at that point, I wanted to be like, that's my passport. Everyone would be like, oh my God, it's amazing. I rolled out of bed that time. I will just say, though, it does look slightly odd. So much so that it's a bit like if you were to have a wax figurine in Man and Two Swords. And it's only some, a matter of time. Everyone would be like, I can tell it's Ollie Locke, but it kind of just doesn't look right. It's a bit like when David Beckham, they pulled that prank on him with the statue, and it just doesn't actually look like him. <laughs> but you can tell it's him. I mean, there's something wrong. It's a bit like if you look at someone and they've shaved an eyebrow off, you're looking at it for a while being like... This is not quite human, and I can't quite tell why. It's not my fault that at 21 years old, I was quite beautiful. Okay, great. You it literally, was, your ego. It, it was true. I had long hair, very good cheekbones. Now I'm pushing 40. It's all changed slightly. So Cosmo and Apollo the other day, she was crying for no reason. 
I couldn't work out what the reason was. We fed her, we changed her, we burped her, we did everything possible to make sure she was absolutely fine, but she wouldn't stop crying. I thought about it that night and I was like, maybe she just had like an itchy bum or something like that and she couldn't reach it. Do, itchy babies do babies itch? itch? Do they get the feeling that they need to itch? Imagine if you've got an itch and you're a baby on your foot, you can't just sit there and be like, oh, I'm going to itch my foot. Yeah, well, they can't. They and can't. they can't communicate with it. So they're in agony with this. Imagine an itchy bum hole or something like that. So you're literally like, obviously, as babies develop, they then start grabbing and doing whatever. They're pretty uncoordinated with their hands. So if they do itch, it must be like torture if they can't scratch it. Can they itch? If you do know the answer to this question, make sure you do newly dads at chatbotproductions.co.uk. Let us know, because I don't know the answer to that. Talking about this is making me itch. Thus, it seems likely that newborns and audiences are competent for the itch experience. But if they can't itch, then how do they scratch? It's like with Baloo in Jungle Book, where he's like using the tree on his back. Well, if they've got and cradle cat, got we haven't ha- had that yet, thank goodness. And that must be incredibly itchy. And not sitting there being like, oh, like fascinating. I don't know. Well, we can ask them one day. They won't remember, but we can ask them. Again, a great untold mystery. Can a baby itch? Or can, need to itch. Does a baby feel the need to itch? Oh, it drives me mad. I've got it under my leg right now. What's the greatest itch you've ever had in your life? I've never broken anything touch wood. However, apparently you broke a leg, you can like, put a fork down there and scratch it, or a chopstick. These are like the kids with the arms in plaster at yeah, school. And, so... they, and they lose like a fork in there because they're trying to get the itch just down far enough. Oh, I was so jealous of them because everyone could write on them and it was quite cool. Like, because you could draw on it. Highlighter all over it, do you remember? Did people used to write on your pencil case when you were at school? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I was one of the cool kids. I remember very distinctively drawing a penis in a science book. I had anxiety as a child quite badly that I was sick every night. For a whole term, I was so nervous that I was found out. And then I ripped the corner off to make sure to be like, oh my God, the penis is now gone. And I was like, but I've ripped the book. I didn't think in my mind that that book was £10 and we could have replaced it or I could have just lost it. No, for some reason that gave me anxiety for a whole term, like desperately bitter anxiety. I almost got in a lot of trouble once where I put, um, I had the number of a teacher, a history teacher at my school, and on my friend's pencil case, I wrote, for a good time, give Mr. Chandler a call and put his phone number. And then he realised when we're in the history class that that was his number, and then I, someone grasped me up. The new pencil cases were quite a big deal in my school. Were they? I had the South Park ones. Oh, that I had cool. that. And then the ones that are round at the top that pencils drop in. Inviably, you don't use half of the things that are in there and they just become full of crap. Uh, my projector, I still use every day. Thank you very much. I had two pencil cases because you had one and then you had one for like rubbish. You sharpen your pencil, it goes in that, and then at the end of the day, you throw it away. Otherwise, what you used to do was sharpen your pencil into your pencil case and then it's got crap in it. No, you do it on the floor. Did anyone used to do that? Yeah. No, you sharpen it onto the floor. No, you don't. God, you don't litter. I have a real anti-littering thing. I used to come home from school with like rubbish in my pockets. I'm, again, of an age where boarding school was a situation and the punishments we used to get were quite wild. One of the main punishments you used to get is scraping off the chewing gum under the desk. They used to give you a cold spray and then it would go brittle. Why didn't your school just have cleaners? They did, but I've never asked why we were made to do that. So, very exciting. Up next, we have Sue, who's an NHS nurse and worked in children's wards in hospitals, coming on for a chat with us. Obviously, we know that from working in NICU, and it's something that's very much became part of our world. It is very much part of our world. And we didn't really understand anything to do with premature babies at all when we first started all of this. And I feel that we earned a small doctorate I literally would, in premature babies. Did you ever want to be like a doctor or like something when you were younger? I wanted to be an actor. You wanted to be an actor? Yeah, it's all I wanted. That was all I've ever wanted to do. Okay. I used to leave school and then go to drama school. I know this sounds slightly 
unlike me. But I did used to say to teachers that I don't need to do the homework because I'm going to be famous. God, your teachers must have hated you. Yeah, they probably hate me more now. We're lucky because we kind of got to the right age when reality TV became a thing. So then people become famous a lot easier. But <laughs> I wanted to be a professional show off. I was quite lucky in a, quite an interesting way because I was brought into kind of TV and radio very early in life as my mum was a broadcaster. And so I was brought up in radio studios with microphones in front of me the whole time. So that was how I grew up. And so that's, that was always kind of incensed in my body that was radio, really, yeah, and so television sort of, studios. Okay. So you sort of, well, we kind of entertainment, so you sort of went into the same thing. Mum, you were my inspiration. When I was a little kid, I wanted to be a vet. And then obviously you get... You wanted to be a vet? No, a vet, like an, an animal doctor. Are you trying to tell me you want to be a woman? Rich coming from you, mister. Um, okay, a vet. That's <laughs> uh, your new nickname. Thank Yvette. you. Um, but then, okay, you want to be a vet. Yeah, I, but I, I kind of thought about that once as well. Yeah, because when I was younger, I helped deliver puppies. Like I had cats, dogs, horses. Sorry, you helped deliver puppies? Yeah. Never heard that story. Been with you for six Rottweilers. years. Rottweilers. We had a total of about 13 Rottweilers as I grew up. And they were wonderful. And I helped deliver some puppies once. But I love animals loads that um, I once was cuddling my Rottweiler. And basically, he was growling and then bit me on my lip. But it wasn't his fault. It was because I was just being too cuddly. I'd be a vet if you were definitely going to be working a zoo. I've never told anyone this. But before I started on Made in Chelsea, it was October 2010, before I, before I signed my contract. And I very much was researching on a daily basis, were there any jobs on Vancouver Island to go and work with whales? If I wasn't working in this industry and doing the, like this podcast now, I would be working in retail and fashion still. I genuinely am concerned that I would have been in a nightclub situation. I would have worked in nightclubs. You did work in nightclubs? I did for a long time, but that was all I really knew. It's just because Chelsea arrived that I quit my job in nightclubs. But what would you be doing? Hopefully in 13 years it's been since Chelsea started, I would have progressed from being the door bitch. That was my job for a long time. I ran inside. I was the cleaner. I once pulled a poo out of a urinal. Someone else's poo? Yeah, I had to. Are you joking? No. How did you get the poo out of the urinal? I picked it up. What? With a glove. That's fucking hideous. I didn't do it. Was it solid? It was a loggy. Also, who the fuck is shitting in a, in a urinal? That's half the question. In a nightclub? I know. Someone's just taking a dump in a urinal. I didn't know what to do myself. When people were sick on the floor, it was my job to clean the sick up with a mop. In those kind of four years that I did that, no one ever said, thank you so much. That's so kind for clearing out my sick. There's 20 quid. So you got a mop to clean up the sick out of a carpet, right? What was your go-to trick? Well, the fact is they had probably eaten at dinner that night. So you're basically clearing up someone's kind of old muscles or or what they had, like the, the bula base or whatever. Very, mixed, very Chelsea diet night Mixed club, with it? accents of apple sours or Sambuca. The idea of that is revolting. I think you just get bleach and then basically just go at it. This was my job. So as you know, on this podcast, every now and then we do the light and the funny and gorgeous bits and make you giggle at 4am when you're breastfeeding. However, there often are bits that are slightly different and difficult. And that is a statistic that came out on the news today that nearly a million children across Britain do not own a book. Yeah, I saw this. So it's one in 12 children. And basically it's double that figure in children from low-income families. It's the National Literacy Trust. So it's about, obviously, having books in the home. There's like lots of screen time, or even down to kids being able to afford books and being able to get into reading. This does break my heart in many, many, many aspects. For someone that does see himself a little bit as a children's author, I've had two children's books out, and I adore them. 
I love the idea of bedtime stories for children. I think it really opens the imagination. It's a bonding experience between parent and child. You can never have quite enough of, and you're sharing that experience and the story, which is why Julia Donaldson and Walliams, etc., they create stories that children and adult can sit there and smile and laugh at. Look at Roald Dahl, those imaginations. It's all a bit dark and a bit scary, but the parents love it. And there's often silly things to make the parents laugh in Disney films, that kind of stuff. So with that, it breaks my heart that this is statistic. <laughs> that this is a statistic. That this is you trying to do it. This statistic. This is the statistic. This is the statistic. <laughs> it's not, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Anyway, I think what's important to remember is with reading, like with watching a film with kids, like you just said, the Disney things and there's jokes in there for the adults. It's a shared experience. You're getting to know your kid through reading to them. Like if I'm at home reading like little black and white books to the kids that are like sensory and stuff. I'm probably getting more happy than they are at the moment. But when they start to get a bit older and like we're reading like picture books and like, you know, Hungry Caterpillar, whatever, you're engaging them and you're creating a world for them. And especially you, you love doing like dramatic reading. I honestly just think that the idea of reading to a child at night and you're having that adventure together is just heaven. I didn't go to sleep till I was about 16 without an audio book. Generally, it was kind of Danny the Shabby of the World, Matilda. It was Janet and Alan Allberg quite a lot, wasn't it? Burglar Bill. And- Burglar Bill. Do you not remember Burger Bill? Funny Bones? Oh, with the dog, with the skeleton. Absolutely. I yeah, love yeah. that book. Well, they are written by Janet and Alan Allberg. Oh, okay. They were a very, right, very okay. good couple. They must be quite old by now. I used to have rolled old books. My parents used to read rolled old to me at night. So like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and stuff like that which is sweet. I think in a modern world, right, people sort of lose touch with how important it is to actually have a physical book. You can have a book on like a Kindle or whatever, but I still think having a physical book where you can go through the pages and also it's quite nice where you grow up and then you you have a book from your youth and you know, you've scribbled through it or like you've torn the pages or whatever. It sort of evokes a memory. Because the thing is, you've got a book. You wrote The Faraway Adventures of Henry Bogg in The Great White Whale, which is a brilliant, beautifully illustrated children's book. And you must understand how important it is. That's why I I wrote it is because I also wanted it to be educational because it's kind of based on the story of Moby Dick and little Henry goes through the blue plaques and the walls uh, in London to to find out whatever adventure that person went on before when he used to live in that house. And parents can enjoy it too. I tell you what, we actually do have quite a lot at home. So let's say, let's give away 15 books. 15. That for the first 15 people that right. comment, yes. Uh, and then that will be wonderful. And you can read it on Christmas Eve. Cute. That's lovely. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So we are joined by the lovely Sue. Sue is an NHS nurse. How long have you been an NHS nurse? I've been a nurse for 35 years. Oh, wow. That's yeah. amazing. That is some stories behind there, I can imagine. Uh, 
lots. And generally it's the children's ward you work on. Yes, I started off in adults, but soon went on to children's and love it. People think that children's nursing is really hard because obviously it's not nice when a child is ill and suffers or in the worst scenario dies. But actually, it is also really great. We've just been talking about what we wanted to do when we were kids. What made you want to become an NHS nurse? I always wanted to be a nurse. I have a mum who's a nurse. She trained at Great Ormond Street here in London. She basically went to work and I used to go and pick her up and I just loved the smell of the hospital. I was very weird, obviously. I was going to say, smell of the hospital yeah. is a niche one. A niche one. <laughs> In those days, they smelled like hospitals and I just always wanted to be a nurse. So for me, it was really easy leaving school, knowing what I wanted to do. I think it's in our blood. Well, yeah. that is to care for someone, yes. to be someone that is a caring person. You can yeah. tell that immediately as soon as you walked in, you're a caring person. And it's just, but that is, I think, one of the most important parts of that. I'm hoping a Father Christmas does come in. Yes, well, previously our ward, we were on the 13th floor of our hospital. Unfortunately, we've moved now, so it might not happen again, but we used to have Santa coming on the helicopter the police helicopter used to fly around the hospital with Santa waving out oh. of the window for the children. So we'd get all the children as best we could to the windows and on Christmas Eve there would be Santa waving and it was magical. You know, the children just love it. Obviously we have loads of visitors, so the pantomime that's on, they visit. You know, it's, it is a really good time. Um, so Santa's earning a fortune now. He's gone, <laughs> He's Santa's, the sleigh. Santa's got a helicopter. I'm, I've, uh, I'm now incredibly famous. Coca-Cola are paying me dividends beyond. Yeah. The reindeers uh, are striking. I've now, yeah, I've now got the most fabulous helicopter, double yeah. engine. Tom Cruise is flying me because I can afford it for Father Christmas. And that's going on in Hull, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. So Santa's like flying around the hospital in his helicopter. Does he come into the hospital? Well. He's quite busy. I'm not sure that he has time for every child in the hospital. So what happens is we have amazing play specialists. I mean, they just organise us all with the build-up and again, the Christmas activities. So... The night before, whoever's on duty for the night shift, obviously, on Christmas Eve, has strict instructions of all the presents that have been donated by different people and also, obviously, that families, you know, may have brought in. But we have a room where there's loads of presents. This is this age group and the sacks all made up because we have children, obviously, from 0 to 16. So we don't know what's going to come in the door that night and we have to then put the presents out. So obviously, you're a bit apprehensive that the children are going to wake up while you're doing that. So with the young children, you don't want to spoil the magical aspect of it. So my friend and I, one night, we were on the night shift and with no Santa outfit. Come on, you know, we should have had a Santa outfit. So we found some red fabric and I draped my friend in the red fabric and she went round putting all the presents out with this big thing of red fabric over her just in case the child woke up. We always have fun and we're all good friends so at work as well. So you're just always giggling, messing about. And yeah, we delivered the presents dressed up in our nurses' uniforms with red fabric draped over us, and that was all we could do. Did, did any of the kids catch you running around in a red sheet? Um, not that I know of, but I'm sure. 
someone had the right imagine. open. We always try to keep our eyes open. You try open. and come up with some story, I'm sure. That's sweet. Do you know, like, what's amazing is going the extra mile just to try and, try and preserve that and try to make it as, you know, as special as you can in a situation like that. It's incredible. Hospital food isn't always the best, mm, right? Yeah. What, what's hospital food on Christmas Day? Turkey. Yeah. Is it turkey? We do get turkey. Good. Yeah, That's it's good. not going to be like your home-cooked turkey dinner, I'm afraid. Yeah, no. it's not ideal. But you will. I'm, I'm sure there's crackers it depends and party how good, poppers. Oh, your home gosh. Is. Do you know, we have so many donations of sweets and gifts that it's like as best as it can be. Well, luckily, we've I... got loads of sweets here, thanks to Candy Kitten, so I'm sure we can leave you with a couple oh, of Candy Kittens that to take to the kids. Oh, that the nurses, I'm sure, will enjoy those Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. And families bring in their own food. So mm. we've had parents having a bottle of wine in the room. I mean, years ago, the nurses would have a drink as well. So, you know, it's at the beginning of my... anymore. I think that should be practice. <laughs> at the beginning of my career, oh, yeah, we drank, we smoked so, yeah, <laughs> we well, on was, the wards. But that was smoking was good for you then. <laughs> you smoked on the wards. I imagine no. that's probably what they would have said. Yeah, you would, I, I don't think it would have been a problem. Could you smoke, smoke inside the hospital? Yeah, she used to, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Amazing, yeah. isn't it? Probably I mean, on a children's I've been ward. A, a long time. <laughs> it's amazing. That's, that... No, actually, sorry to say, I have probably witnessed staff smoking on the children's world but in their office maybe and that was probably in well our, our teachers used to do it at school we, we have to... we have teenagers who come in obviously we take children up to 16 and yeah we have teenagers who sneak their vape into hospital and are sneakily yeah. having that so obviously people don't want to be in hospital over christmas or over any holiday period how do you sort of support the parents and sort of help the kids through it when they do have to be in there i always say to them it's one day it can be any day. Mm. Christmas can be when you've gone home. We spend a lot of time dwelling on the 25th of December, but actually the day they go home could be their 25th of December and they could enjoy Christmas together as a family then. If they're ill, they're ill. And sometimes they just don't even want to do anything and families can be really upset and it can be a horrible day for some people. So we actually just have to pick up on whatever at the time the families need from us. And as I say, I just reassure them that it is only one day. It I must admit, I think we day. have been through it a little bit because Gareth's mother's got Alzheimer's. She's been in care home for hmm. six years now. Hmm. And we've spent, I think, two of those Christmas days in a care home haven't we? Yep. Which is always quite difficult, but it is the nurses that try and make it so fun. Mm. There's music going on and there's definitely wine, however slightly undrinkable it is. Um, <laughs> there is wine there. And actually it's quite good fun and they're all dancing and having a lovely time. Yeah. They make it's, it really special. It, and that is that that is what really helps, especially in a situation like that. It's, it's the people around you that make it easier for you. So as we said, it is sometimes unavoidable that a child has to be in hospital during Christmas Day. However, what if they're kind of all right-ish and they can go home. Can yeah. they go home? Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, our main aim is to get every child home who can go home. So actually the wards aren't too busy and you only usually have the children in that are either really seriously ill or it's unavoidable. Some children are on antibiotics. They're on usually once a day antibiotics and can go home in between the doses and then they come back in for their dose and go back again. So we do anything we can to get them home because ultimately that's what they want to do. You can tell the vibe as Christmas is coming, that's the main topic of conversation for the families is that they want to know, is their child going to be in on Christmas Day, you know, and what 
their plans are going to be. And if they really can't, to make it as good a Christmas as it can be. And that's what we do for the families and the children. Our kids were born and they were in NICU for five weeks. And I looked at it and my experience with the hospitals before was negative. It was always a relative or a friend who was not very well. But going in there... It was kind of really positive, wasn't it? Because actually every case we were around at that time, it was going to lead to them getting out of hospital and Mm. these people were making kids better. We got to learn from experts. It is extraordinary. It goes back and forth about this ridiculous pay situation when it comes to nursing. It's criminal that it's still so low when they are holding fundamentally Britain up. Mm. And it breaks my heart because we see how hard you guys work and... They saved our babies' lives. Yeah, and that's what our job is, you know, and we want to make children better. We Mm. want to make, obviously, in your situation, newborn babies go home. What can people do who come into the hospital bring or do to make it better for you guys? You probably don't want another biscuit or a sweet, do you? I mean, to be honest, we do get a lot of biscuits and chocolates. (laughs) Hard liquor. We, yeah. (laughs) Pack pack of Marlboros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe some... Nice fruit. That's <laughs> so boring. Chanel no, number five, darling. You're doing a plug. <laughs> yeah. We're not allowed to accept gifts. Are you not? No. Why? They're really strict about what we're allowed to accept. Oh, they're nice diamond, like the diamond tennis bracelet. Oh, my goodness. So strict. Really, we just want people not to shout at us when the time's along. They're waiting on the assessment ward or... Remember uh, to say thank you yeah, very much. just to be a bit appreciative of what we're doing. No. I, but we, you're, allowed to accept a donut. you're allowed to accept donuts. You're allowed to accept donuts. Do you know what? Tea and coffee is always useful because on a night shift, you do need a bit of caffeine. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good idea. So anyone over the Christmas period that is going into the NHS and has to be in a hospital, just remember, bring lots of yummy things, tea, coffee, and And uh, human human kindness. And then also pull them aside, go in the back room and give them a diamond tennis bracelet. Glass of wine, because they're not allowed to receive no. presents. <laughs> yeah. But Sue, thank you very much for coming in and having a chat Thanks with me. Oh, very no, kind. It's been, really it's been great. And to I've meet said you. it before and will say it again. We really, really, really appreciate everything the NHS does. And it is a service that I hope will carry on forever. The idea of privatization is horrendous. And we especially know anyone that works in children's wards, NICU wards, anything like that, are actual angels because you're keeping children alive and happy and doing it with a smile which is something that is absolutely remarkable. So thank you for everything you do and to anyone out there that is NHS working and helping babies and children. We love you very, very much. Thank you. Guys, thank you very much for joining this week and listening. It's been great listening to Sue and some of her stories. If anyone wants to send anything in or has any questions for us, please do at newlydads at jampopproductions.co.uk. listening to Newly Dads with Ollie and Gareth Lotlock. The producer is Ben Johns. The assistant producer is Maya Adelia. Videography by Jamie Gilbert. Video editing by Jake G. The executive producers are Jemima Rathbone and Jamie Lang. And Newly Dads is a jam pop production. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.